0: And it's interesting you say that because, I mean, it was, I think in the 1980s, there was a piece that started by saying, theory is a window into other mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I totally agree that theory is has tremendous practical implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I sometimes think as human beings, we do not connect the dots on our, on our own. So sometimes we need to have someone connect them for us. Mm-hmm. Hello,
1: and welcome to Student Affairs Now. I'm your co-host, Keith Edwards. I'm also joined today by co-host Michael Allman, who you will hear from in a little bit. Today, we are discussing ACPA's contributions to research and scholarship. This is part of a 13-episode series for ACPA's 100th anniversary and a partnership between ACPA and Student Affairs Now. We have three guests today to talk about research and scholarship history and recommendations for folks looking to share their good work. Student Affairs Now is the premier podcast and online learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find details about this episode or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. Today's episode is sponsored by ACPA, an independent 501c3 nonprofit association, which is sponsoring this special 13-episode series with Student Affairs Now to celebrate ACPA's 100th anniversary boldly transforming higher education. As I mentioned, I'm your co-host Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, author, and coach. I help leaders and organizations make transformative transformative change for leadership, learning, and equity. You can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. And I'm recording today from Minneapolis, Minnesota at the intersections of the ancestral homelands of the Dakota and the Ojibwe peoples. Michael, welcome as the co-host.
2: Thank you for having me here, Keith. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Michael Almond, my pronouns are he, him, his. I'm currently a program coordinator in the Department of Student Volunteerism and Service at Kennesaw State University, which is located in the Metro Atlanta region. Um, and in this role, I engage college students in, in meaningful uh, service opportunities with the community. Um, I'm recording today from Kennesaw, Georgia, which is the ancestral homelands of the UC and Cherokee East people. Um, and with that, I'm really excited to get this conversation started. Um, So we just wanna kick things off with some introductions um, of our panelists. So I would love for each of you to just introduce yourself with your pronouns um, and share a bit about yourself and your connection to the topic of research and scholarship. Um, So with that, Vasti, if you'd like to kick us off, go for it.
0: I'd be happy to, Michael. Uh, My name is Vasti Torres, or for those of you who speak Spanish, Torres, um, but I have tolerated the Torres part. (laughs) Uh, My pronouns are she, her, and ella. And I use AYA because Spanish is my native language, and that's a very gendered language, whether we like it or not. Um, I'm coming to you today from Bloomington, Indiana, the ancestral home of the Miami, Delaware, Potawatomi, and Shawnee people. And in my real life, I serve as the Interim Vice Provost for Undergraduate Education at Indiana University. And I am here today because I also serve as the editor of the Journal of College Student Development.
2: Thank you so much. Um, Z, I'll let you go next.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, Hi, I'm Zina Galazzo. My pronouns are she, her, and if you're feeling Italian about it, lei. I um, live and work um, from the homelands of the Tohono O'odham Nation, um, which are the ancestral and ongoing unceded homelands of the Tohono O'odham and Pasquayaki peoples. Um, I, um, yeah, am am probably here mostly because I'm um, the executive editor of About Campus, um, the scholarly magazine publication of ACPA. Um, And I also have um, contributed both to the research and scholarship of ACPA's publications, and I know we'll talk about some of the differences and overlaps between those two things in in the um, near future, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. Real glad to be here. Thank you.
2: And Antonio, I'd love to hear from you.
4: Of course. Hi, folks. My name is Antonio Duran. You can call me Antonio. Uh, pronouns, he, him, is El. Uh, I am an assistant professor in the higher and post-secondary education program at Arizona State University. Um, ASU's four campuses uh, rest upon the ancestral homelands of the Akimel Odam, and Pipash nations. I am here as part of this conversation. I'm really looking forward to hearing what fellow uh, participants um, are going to share, but I am here most likely because I am a subcommittee member of the Research and Storytelling uh, Committee for the ACPA at 100 Anniversary Celebration, but I've also held a number of different roles related to research and scholarship within ACPA, um, such as being uh, one of the past, you know, organizers of the ACPA Foundation Grants, um, holding the role of research practice papers and posters co-coordinator for convention, um, and then currently being the scholar-in-residence for the Coalition on Men and Masculinities. Uh, looking forward to today's chat.
2: Thank you all so much for being here. Um, yeah, as you all mentioned, really excited to chat with you all as well about um, this topic. So um, we'll uh, start with our first question, um, and Z, will let you lead with this one. Um, just wanting to introduce the topic. Um, what is research and scholarship, and what does all of that entail?
3: Yeah, sure. I do not think the odds were ever in my favor in drawing the the first straw here. um but um I'm happy to kind of kick us off and um, looking forward to kind of a dialogue and a conversation. Um, i I think that um there are certainly some differences and nuances around um, these these two words they're certainly not synonymous, although there is some overlap. Um, when when I was thinking about this particular question, um, the first thing that came to mind is kind of this connective thread that runs through research and scholarship, and and that connective thread, um, at least in the way I'm thinking about it now, has to do with curiosity. Right, this undercurrent of curiosity that kind of runs through the research and the scholarship that that we do. Um, and um, when I say we, you know, I always, I often tell students in classes, don't use the word we, it, it assumes kind of that all of us are the same, right? Um, so when I when I talk about we, what I'm talking about is, is those of us who produce research and scholarship, which I think is also a very kind of big and expansive group. So it's not just the role of let's say faculty, right? The, the three of us as guests are are faculty members, um, but also practitioners, scholar practitioners, polyakers, lots of people produce research and scholarship. Um, so yeah, I, I might kick us off with thinking about curiosity as a connective thread that kind of runs through those things.
0: I think that's actually a great thread, Z, uh, because in many ways, that is the commonality between the two. Um, I also admit, as uh, an academic, that this has been a long debated two words, like what is research? What is scholarship? Um, and I'm not sure it's a meaningful discussion sometimes. Sometimes I think it's a little, uh, you know, splitting hairs in, in very gray areas. Um, but I, I've always seen scholarship as the broader term to, to kind of be inclusive of other things. But um, research can often be uh, pegged with a very empirical view of it. Um, and that I'm not sure that's always true because I've seen a lot of very good research that is uh, what, what in, in other uh, venues we might call a scholarly paper, which is taking existing research, but putting it together in ways that has not been presented before. Um, and that may not have a study attached to it, but it can make as much of an impact mm. as a study that's empirical in its more purest sense. So I, I, I'll i just add that because I, I think they both have a place and important aspect of research for ACPA. Mm.
4: And Basi, you touched upon a, a connected thread that I thought about. I echo that Z's commenting on curiosity as connecting research and scholarship is in, in imperative. But you also brought up the, the term impact, which for me, I think both research and scholarship seeks to make an impact on our our field. I think about this especially because we are in education um, and that oftentimes our work gets translated into practice and I feel that research and scholarship both contribute um, really equally to the work that we do as educators on and off college campuses. I also concur. Like I view scholarship as kind of the broader umbrella. Research, um, for me, has a an, an, an intended design that that uh, leads to the answering of a question um and scholarship can broadly still answer a question but the, the like design aspect in terms of like a study design um, it is not necessarily um always attached to scholarship and so that's how i make meaning of the differences um i seek to not like make specific uh comments and values on like research that is guided by personal experience or by by cultural tradition because I certainly believe that is um, just as much research as anything that involves you know, other participants um, but for me the design component is really important um, but that curiosity, making an impact feels like a good foundation where that, um, Z was using this language before we got on the, the, the podcast but like where the Venn diagram overlaps uh, for me yeah that's really I,
0: interesting. I, can I jump in for a second? Mm-hmm. Because I think the the question is an interesting one, but it's also the implications. Mm-hmm. As a field, if if our research and scholarship does not have implications for practice, is it useful scholarship? Is it useful research? And I, I often find myself looking at a manuscript and saying, well, how, how does this apply to practice? Mm-hmm. I don't know what... You folks think? Yeah,
3: yeah, I hear you. I um, I mean, we certainly are an applied field, which is what we hear often at conferences, um, both in hallways and in sessions. Um, I, I think that um, implications for practice can be another little slippery area for me. Um, because I think there are a couple of different ways that all of us practice. Um, and, and so I think I' not suggesting that you're saying this Vasti, but I do sometimes hear that term used as a way to slough off or um, brush aside theoretically rich contributions right, um, to say, oh, well, that's that's not really practice-based or there's no implications for practice. Well, there actually is, right, and thinking about how we use theory and how we should use theory to enliven research and scholarship, um, but yeah, that, that might be the only caveat that I would add that we need to kind of think expansively about our notion of what is is included in um, when we think of the word practice.
0: And it's interesting you say that because, I mean, it was. I think in the nineteen eighties, there was a piece that started by saying, "Theory is a window into other mm-hmm. people's lives." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I totally agree that theory is has tremendous practical implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I sometimes think, as human beings, we do not connect the dots on our on our own. So sometimes we need to have someone connect them for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that's a great transition sort of going back to the 80s. So we want to move into a little bit about the history, particularly with ACPA uh, and how ACPA as an association over its hundred years has contributed to research and scholarship. And I'm thinking about some of that history, some major contributions, some, some shifts maybe that are really notable and stand out for you. Uh, and Vasti, we're going to have you kick us off here.
0: Um, I'd love to, Uh, probably I've been the member of ACPA the longest in this group. So, Um, you know, when ACPA was founded, it was founded to be an inclusive association for student affairs. At that time, women and other folks were not necessarily welcome um, in student affairs association. And that was the purpose of ACPA, was to be more inclusive. As a result of that inclusive nature, it has always attracted scholars and scholars who seek to advance the idea of evidence-based practice, but also theoretical understanding of who we are as professionals, who our students are as scholars, um, and also how we can uh, be the scholar practitioner. So as someone who has presented at multiple student affairs conferences, there is one thing that I've always been proud of ACPA, I have never received a feedback from a presentation submission that said this is too researchy. (laughs) I have received that kind of feedback from other associations. So I think research has never been an issue at ACPA. As a result, uh, ACPA has really uh, prompted the creation and sustaining of high quality publications, um, that truly reflect the idea of the scholar-practitioner and the practitioner-scholar, both. Um, and it's also in these uh, forms of innovative scholarship um, that all of us are here um, in many different ways because ACPA fosters those kinds of things. I know that um, when I became editor of JCSD, I started the translational education research section. Which is literally a form of public scholarship that says, "How are we translating the research into practices that influenced, and how is practice influencing research?" Because it's it's a two way street. Yeah, great, Antonio. What would you add?
4: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot a, a lot about this. Um, uh, primarily because uh, last month um, I was able to record alongside Dr. Wilson O'Cello uh, an episode for the Generativity Project in which we uh, discuss kind of the history of formative student affairs documents uh, founded within and with ACPA's help um, that has kind of shaped our profession uh, since. And so um, I'm reflecting upon those documents as really being reflective of the tensions that we were encountering in the field at a particular time, but also that help set the tone for scholarship to come. So I'm thinking about uh, documents such as like the Student Learning Imperative, uh, Good Practice in Student Affairs, um, or even most recently, A Bold Vision Forward, the Strategic Imperative for Racial Justice and Decolonization. Um, And for me, ACPA has contributed to research and scholarship within the field by documenting what are the, the debates, the places of um, coalescing that was happening in the profession at a particular time that then has impact for the ways that professionals conceive of the field um, on individual campuses or in the studies that we're taking up um, in our work, right? Um, and so that, for me, is certainly a major contribution of ACPA to research and scholarship. Um, I also think that within ACPA, we've had many a conversation that kind of gets to the, the previous question around like what constitutes research and scholarship and, and even more what constitutes, like what is valued as research and scholarship. And so I would say that in within recent years, we've um, also seen people within AC, ACPA try to change the tide of what is research and scholarship and what should be valued. Um, When I worked alongside Dr. D. and Squire um, planning the the research papers, posters, and um, practice papers at annual convention and, and a few years ago, um, he brought up the point of like, uh, why are we not welcoming multimodal uh, contributions, more media work? Um, and I believe that's been a substantial discussion in ACPA since around how do we uplift um, these mediums that are not typical that were not typically Regarded as scholarship, but that certainly are you know answering important questions that are is vexing our field. Um, so I would say uh, contributions being kind of the historical documents that have set the tone for research and scholarship, but also how within ACPA we've challenged the notion of what is even research and scholarship in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that you kind of brought us on some of that continuum there. That's that's really great. Uh, Z, what would you add and chime in with here?
3: yeah i'm um i I appreciate these responses, and i I really kind of love the the way that you use the word tithes Antonio um because as you were talking, I was sitting and thinking about um Susan Jones and D. l. Stewart's work around waves of theory and how that might translate thinking about waves of research and scholarship in and through the association um you know, like what what would it look like to think about first wave, second wave, third wave, and possible fourth wave iterations of research and scholarship? So certainly Vasti, you talking about adding a new section to um, ZSD, which as an editorial board member, I'm like eagerly excited and anticipating reviewing some of those pieces at at some point. Um, and, And Antonio, I'm really thankful that you mentioned the strategic imperative, because I do think that that's such a really iconic piece of scholarship um, that's really important in thinking about not just the trajectory of the association, but really being clear about some of our values around um, the the directionality of research and scholarship, um, you know, pursuant to this particular conversation. I I think I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to to mention about campus as, as a contribution to, to ACP research and scholarship, and to say that it's one of three scholarly venues um, for for publishing through ACPA, so certainly JCSD, also about campus, and then also we have ACPA's developments, um, as well as the Books and Media Board, right, so maybe one of four um, areas um, for thinking about um, enlivening conversations around scholarship and research and um, one of the things that I'm really excited about in terms of, in terms of the magazine is that it offers a space for, um, I think, really um, accessible, innovative sorts of scholarship to be produced um, and to be shared in a way that is continues to be very widely read. Um, You know, there are still people, I used to be one of those people and and still am actually as the executive editor who reads these issues cover to cover, right? Um, And and that um, is not always the case for publications. And so it's exciting to think about how we can continue kind of this rich legacy of engaging in various conversations that um, have day to day impact for um, various people, um, faculty, staff, students, policymakers who are involved in in the field of education uh, and student affairs, more specifically.
0: See, I I have to jump in and let you know that the hardest publication I've ever worked on was my About Campus piece. <laughs> mm. It is a very unique style of writing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it. You know, I, I feel good about it, but it's it's one of those things that was difficult. But yeah, see, yeah. You, you mentioned something that I think is really important to kind of note here. Um, because in sort of looking at these waves, ACPA has always been a place where you can really say something that somewhere else might be considered out there. Um, And, you know, out there has been defined differently at different points in history. Um, And that's part of the beauty of the the space that ACPA creates, because, you know, when I was starting out, I was out there. Now I'm kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I'm also in the in the space where I get to be the gatekeeper to say, wait a minute, this is some really good, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to make a way to to in you know insert this into uh, the dialogue around research and how we view research. So, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really really strong point that you made there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if we should um, yeah, call on Susan and DL to, to kind of think around what these waves of research and scholarship might be, right? Who, who knows if they would want to do it, but, um, I do think <laughs> it would be kind of a fun, interesting thing to do, and and I think last year, comment about, um, kind of this, like, really big and important responsibility that, that folks have in terms of thinking about, um, about being birds of knowledge through, kind of institutional spaces like journals and, and scholarly magazines is is really important. You know, I, I didn't really think much about it when when I was a student beyond saying like, uh reviewer two, right? <laughs> um, but but it it's it's really um I think struck me over the last semester as I've been working with about campus, um, just the just kind of the weightiness of of what it means to um to be in a particular role and to be making decisions about what gets published, how to how do pieces get moved through? Um, and I'm very thankful to have role models. I think you certainly have been one of those around um, encouraging developmental and, and um, really productive sorts of, of reviews that don't seem punitive, but actually really help end up with better products than than when folks originally submitted
4: i think i think about how acpa has um emboldened people to be able to adopt a scholarly identity and um, where other spaces may not have done the same. Um, so I, both of your comments um, are making me reflect upon that and making me think back to writing my first scholarly publication with Z. And uh, as uh, you are walking me through very developmentally, may I ask like where the venue would could be for that publication? Um, I remember having our conversations around the Journal of College Student Development as a place that was doing work that was much more Cutting edge or just more encompassing of different groups and specifically those from minoritized backgrounds. And so I feel like ACPA has allowed for the topics of voices that are not otherwise reflected in other parts of our associations, our profession, etc. cetera.
3: Uh, you just took me back to McGuffey Hall, Antonio. <laughs> what a nice, kind <laughs> memory.
0: So,
4: McGuffey, time to convene in Oxford, Ohio. I right, knew
0: exactly right. where that memory was yeah, coming from.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> and I like this notion that Vasti pointed to, and we'll, you can follow up, Vasti, but th- this notion of we are part of a history, which I was certainly thinking coming in, and we're part of a future. Mm-hmm. And where are things mm-hmm. going to go in the future? And uh, that's a really helpful thing to know that there are all this has come before this moment in time. <laughs> and what we're doing now will lead to the next moment in time and the next moment in time and the places that, to, to know that, the, that we're part of a story before and, and forward is, is really inspiring.
0: And I think also one of the things that Z and Antonio kind of touched on is this idea of we sit in this space where we want to make sure that we're doing this really innovative future thinking. But JCSD is one of the top journals in the field. And so it's also very exclusive. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I have the editorial leadership team has talked extensively about the the irony okay. in our desire to be open and in our desire to to um really kind of advance innovative uh pieces, but at the same time understanding that there's a tremendous amount of respect that comes with having um. Uh, a top-tier journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I take it very seriously. There are times where I'll read something and kind of go, oh, it's really interesting. I need to think about that a little bit more. <laughs> so um, it is. It, it, there's a lot of responsibility. And I yeah. think um, ACPA has really kind of tried to walk that fine line between these high-quality uh, publications but also really trying to advance um, the, the research and scholarship in ways that's inclusive. That's a great segue to Michael's next question.
2: Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, with what everything you all said, um, but what suggestions would you have for folks who are really interested in getting involved, um, whether it be research, scholarship, um, and just kind of contributing to that field? Um, you all have different realms of ACPA, just other spaces that you work in, so I would love to just hear what you would suggest to these folks. Um and I'll start with you,
4: Antonio. Of course, yeah. I mean, I think that um the the first kind of step is this is this I feel like age long uh debate about who who gets to do research and scholarship, and I know that we've we've touched upon this topic throughout our time together thus far. Um, but that you know, owning a scholarly identity is not necessarily tied to a specific position or role, right? We just so happen to all to the three of us be faculty, but I uh, know some amazing people who identify primarily as practitioners who are producing the research and scholarship that is pushing our field. And so the first kind of. Suggestion would be to see yourself as a contributor and generator of knowledge, um, despite you know the gatekeeping efforts of of others, um, and to seek out venues that is gonna that, that are going to develop that identity and that part of yourself. Um, and I think ACPA represents one of those places. Being um, involved with one of the like uh, sp- specific entity groups, myself, um, I know that there are other scholars and residents whose task is to be there to help. Um, support the research and scholarship around the particular tasks that people and topics that people are taking up. So how can you seek out um, those venues that are going to build up your capacity and your efficacy, I think is an important um, task that one may undergo. Uh, another suggestion is to, to think about where does my work need to live? Um, and I think that's really the beautiful part of having Z um, and Bastian here representing two different types of publication venues that sensibly reach different audiences. And so a suggestion that I would have for folks wanting to share their research and scholarship is to consider where does my work need to go and where is it perhaps going to make the impact that I want it to have? Is it going to be an about campus? Is it going to be a journal of college student development or ACPA's development or presenting at the, at the annual uh, convention um, and sharing research there? Um, so those are a few uh, places and Suggestions that I have, but would love to hear what Z and Vasti uh, have to contribute.
3: Yeah, yeah, I um, I love your um, invitation for folks to think about audience um, and to think about. Um, I, I like this idea of where do you want your scholarship to live. Um, I think a part of answering that question for me is thinking about. Um, what one's priorities are as a scholar and um, what kind of work want their scholarship to do. Um, I like. I think that there's loads of value um, in working on a 500 to 750 word op-ed, oftentimes much harder, especially for those of us that are used to 9,000 and 10,000 uh, word word limits. Um, but um, thinking about submitting pieces to our local newspapers right, um, and having that be a particular sort of intervention um, that, can, that can still have a connective thread to the research that we do and can still be tied to other pieces that we may submit to other journals um, and, and magazines Um, that can really make a profound impact in our local communities, right? So um, yeah, I I think the invitation to think about audience is really important. I also think um, it's important to think about voice. Um, So Vasti, you had mentioned this earlier, um, About Campus invites a more journalistic style of, of writing, which is hard for folks, myself included, admittedly, um, because I'm used to writing in a very formal APA citational sort of way. Um, and um, the reason for About Campus using that journalistic style is because we're trying to, to create a different sort of um, feel and create a different connection, I think, with readers and audiences, right? It's not to say one's worse or better um, or right or wrong, but it's just various different ways that we can communicate the work that we do. So think about voice and style. Um, and and I would also say, um, you know, I, similar to what you were saying, Antonio, about kind of owning your scholarly identity, um, I, I would encourage people to move into um, the research and scholarship arena with um, with an air of confidence, right? Um, one one of the first pieces that I worked on for my dissertation. I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, um, but I was I was sitting with um, my uh, dissertation advisor Lisa Abus in her office, and um, she was encouraging me to submit to this small journal. I'm not sure if folks know about it, JCSD. Um, And I kept on saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. I don't do developmental theory work. That's not a place for me. They wouldn't. And I said, they wouldn't accept my work anyway. Right. And she said, Z, I would encourage you to write the way you need to write and submit the work where it needs to be submitted. And I think that that's so important for folks to hear, whether you're an early career, mid career, or senior scholar um i I think it's important to really think about sometimes trying to push and advocate for pieces to be in places where they might not seemingly fit but could really get a fair review right like Vasti, you talking about jcsd and some of the changes you all have made recently like Michael Denton just had a beautiful piece that was published in JCSD with lovely artwork. I have not really seen that much in JCSD, but I think I'm, I'm assuming, right, the, the submission process and the conversations that were had with the editorial staff really helped you folks think differently about like, wow, what a, what an invitation to, to think about different modes of scholarly practice and ways that we can think about enlivening scholarship in this space, right? So all to say, Think about voice, think about audience and think about pushing dialogue forward in in certain realms. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I have to to share what I disagree that was said. I Mm -hmm. actually think every presentation made at ACPA is a potential publication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not be a JCSD article, (laughs) but it is a potential publication. I mean, you've got developments for like program pieces if it's a you know, thoughtful sort of reaction, what's happening in the field, you, know, you can do about campus. Um, and so one of the things that I always like to make sure that people understand is that um, getting published is not only a featured article in JCSD. Oftentimes that's what people think. Um, and so I, I really encourage people to uh, really engage with, do I have something to say? And, and going back to Antonio's point, you know, who's the audience for what it is that I have to say? Um, and put it out there. Uh, you know, the worst thing that can happen is they say, oh, well, maybe you should consider this. Um, and then you can agree or disagree, <laughs> uh, which is okay. Uh, we've all done this. Um, so it's, it's, it's something to consider. So I, I really uh, encourage everyone who presents at a conference to think about that presentation becoming a form of publication. It may not be a featured article, mm-hmm, but a yeah. form of publication.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, for folks who are listening, you probably may see Michelle, myself, Bosti, other people connected with our publications in the audience coming up to you after you present saying, hey, have you thought about writing this up for one of the venues, one of the scholarly venues for ACPA, right? So um, it might not even be about campus if you see me, right It might be, hey, this would make a great developments piece or this would make a really good um, piece for for one of the sections of JCSD, right? I, I think that um, the the nice thing that that all of us on this call really have is a commitment to um, to adding complexity and nuance to ongoing conversations and not being, what I would call kind of grabby about things and saying like, oh, well, this has to be an about campus because like about campus is like the best, right? It's not about that, it's about where can we think about really continuing these conversations in rich, productive, and nuanced ways, right?
0: And I, I always think ironically, you know, early in my career, it was, you know, research articles, you know, all these kinds of things. At this point in my career, I probably write more public Scholarship mm-hmm. than I do empirical research. Yeah, uh, because it it's it's what comes to me. It's it's what I want to talk about. It's what I want to say. It's the voice, and it's the what I want to contribute at this point is to say, wait a minute, this is maybe not the best way to do it, and here's why. Um, so we really have to kind of think about uh, publication and research and scholarship in a much broader way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the broader ways that I like is podcasts. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what we're doing right now is scholarship, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. In a a pretty non-traditional. And it has a way to, to, as folks talked about, a different voice, a different audience, a different kind of reach. Um, And so um, as as we're shifting into concluding, we want to ask our, our final question. And we've got a bit of time. So feel free to share. But um, this podcast is called Student Affairs Now. And we love to end by asking folks, what are you thinking, troubling, or pondering now? And it might be related to our conversation, or it might be just a bigger thing in the world that is with you. And if folks want to connect with you, uh, you can direct them to where they can do that. Antonio, let's let you kick us off. What are you pondering now?
4: Yeah, I mean, connected to our final, like our most recent question, I continue to ponder where does my work need mm-hmm. to, to go, especially as we think about um, shifting sociopolitical and sociocultural climates that are targeting the bodies, knowledges, of minoritized groups. Um, I uh, am continue to reflect on how can I be a part of positive change, and so that's what I'm pondering on, um, in the present moment. In terms of connecting with me, in, in case people have ideas of of how to, I can answer that question, uh, answer that question, uh, you can connect with me on Twitter um, at underscore duran, um, or send me an email at, at Um Yeah, looking forward to connecting with folks uh, after. Awesome.
1: And Z, what's with you now? <laughs>
3: well um i think that um in my in my role as executive editor for about campus um i have been spending a lot of time recently um thinking about um the notion of good company um good company is something that marcia baxter Magolda wrote about in the pages of about campus a number of years ago um she's also one of the early editors of About Campus um, and was one of my faculty members at at Miami of Ohio. So there are a couple of different connections that kind of lead me to thinking about notions of good company. But I think by and large, my role as an executive editor is thinking about how I can be good company alongside authors and people who are thinking about um, or wondering about submitting work. Um, So a lot of my time is spent thinking about the review process, talking with people who have ideas, thinking about how they can develop those ideas and and through them. Um, And um, a lot of that is also guided by and then helps me in thinking about how I do that work alongside students, um, both doctoral and master's degree students. Um, So thinking about this notion of good company um, certainly has been helpful in terms of um, yeah, encouraging me to be a reflective, um, practitioner and, and editor. Um, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention that, um, myself and, um, Alex Lang, who I think is a friend of the pod. Um, one of our most frequent guests. Yeah. There you go. So Alex Lang and I are, are co-hostesses for, um, a new forthcoming podcast. Um, that's the compliment to, the about campus um, magazine publication. It's going to be called Roundabout Campus, and we hope to start dropping some episodes um, in 2024 um, in line with the 100 year anniversary of, of ACPA. So um, if you haven't, if you haven't gotten sick of hearing my voice from this podcast, feel free to tune in <laughs> to Roundabout Campus when it starts to, when it starts to drop.
1: Or if you loved it, um, more to come. More to come. I'm really right, excited about right. that podcast. I'm really excited right. about yeah. that. That'd be great.
3: Yeah. And, and in terms of connecting with me, by the way, um, I am deliciously off social media in various different areas. Um, I joke around with people that I just recently wrote a book about um, living online and online life, um, but I'm not really public on social media. Um, you can connect with About Campus if you would like to. We have um, an X account, formerly Twitter account, um, that, that you can connect with, um, or you can just email me. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And Vasti, what are you troubling these days?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm a vice provost. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I think one of the, the biggest things that um, I I think is, is going to emerge and, and, and it really does trouble me. And some of this is going to be published in the hundredth anniversary of um, ACPA uh, special issue of JCSD is that we have made some major assumptions. And I uh, Antonio started with this during the history uh, question, but we've made some major assumptions in the field, but we haven't actually tested those assumptions as much as we should have. And so it, it's, it's troubling me how often we are continuing to have practices in old and really antiquated ways of thinking about students, thinking about each other, even thinking about what is the goal of of education and so um i'm i'm troubled by assumptions that are not questioned um and that in part is part of my personality i can't help myself it's a question everything in life um but it's it is something that i think higher education has to do and has to do much more deliberately in the future so i i'm really actually uh have thought about this a lot and think Every time I'm in a meeting, think, oh, we really are making an assumption about this. So um, I think of that. And in terms of getting contact with me, I'm I'm old school. I still prefer email. That's just me. But I am on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call that thing, um, at Dr. Vosky um, Happy to do that. Uh, my dog is on Facebook, but you know, he doesn't really commute much. Or <laughs>
1: email is old school and new school you are both old school and on the cutting edge at the same time great great well thank you all
2: thank you all again so much um as i think uh, you all have mentioned throughout this entire thing it's um we are a part of research and scholarship in the present um, from what we've already done in the past and what we're doing in the future so um i really appreciate hearing all of y'all's thoughts and contributing to the conversation um and i'll let keith close out the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks to all of our guests and your contributions. Really appreciate connecting with you today. And thanks to our sponsor of today's episode, ACPA, which we've talked about a lot. ACPA, College Student Educators International, celebrating its 100th anniversary, is boldly transforming higher education by creating and sharing influential scholarship, which we talked about, shaping critical reflective practice, and advocating for equitable and inclusive learning environments. ACPA aspires to be higher education's and student affairs' most inclusive and community-driven association by leading our profession in centering social justice, racial justice, and decolonization as defining concepts of our time and the foreseeable future. ACPA's annual convention is March 18th through the 21st in 2024 in Chicago. Visit myacpa.org or connect with them on Instagram, Facebook, and X to learn more. Huge shout out to our producer, Nat Ambrosi, who does all the behind the scenes work to make us all look and sound good. And we love your support for these important conversations. You can help us reach even more folks by subscribing to the podcast, to our YouTube channel, or to our weekly newsletter announcing each new episode. If you're so inclined, you can leave us a five-star review. It really does help these conversations reach more folks. I'm Keith Edwards here with my co-host, Michael Allman, and our fabulous guest today, and to everyone who's watching and listening, make it a great week. Thank you all.